From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Mike Douglas here, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harland. And as we kick off 2008, our first broadcast of 2008, of course, with us as well, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey. And uh, Elaine, a special treat today. Oh, uh, three of our favorite people here ah, here today. Is we talk about city transformation and where we've been, where we think we're going, and how we think uh, God is going to roll that out. And uh, with us today, we'll introduce them to you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Marvin Jacobo yes. uh, from Tapestry and Youth for Christ. Uh, Ross Bryles from Sherwood Bible Church with a parish of about 200,000, right, Ross? <laughs> Something like that, That's but correct. his counting. <laughs> he was 210,000. 210, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I shorted yeah, you just a few. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also uh, John Evans, the chairman of the board here at Advancing Vibrant Communities and uh, the former chairman of uh, Evans Companies and Communications. And uh, just, uh, you know, and John and I started getting people, uh, getting each other into trouble, what, about 10, 12 years and ago. People and, and people, too. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Still doing so, we might say. But well, the neat thing is that all, as scary as it sounds, all three of these guys have helped pry open my mind a little bit. You know, over the years as we've been here in Modesto to, to talk about that is, that is scary, isn't it, Mr. Al Frank? Anyway, and uh, so we're going to be talking about that today in, in, in terms of what do we need to do as a community to function as the body of Christ, to get outside the four walls of our churches and our homes to personally serve the needs of others and to carry the message of Christ to uh, the city in a very effective way. And all three of these uh, men bring a different, uh, uh, slightly different perspective because of the skill sets that God has given them. So we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a salute to Old Testament Jesus freaks taken from the New Testament book of Hebrews. In chapter 11, we read, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Maybe we should write that formula on our hearts. Weakness turned to strength through faith. Will you take a stand? Go online to persecution.com. 
And just a reminder, friends, uh, you're listening to Lighthouse Live here, sponsored by Advancing Vibrant Communities. If you'd like to find out more ways to serve your community and get out of your four walls and connect by personally serving the needs of others, while well, you can check our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Uh, click on the little red flashy thing. It's a gizmo. Gizmo, icon, whatever it is, and uh, it'll take you right to our daily update page where Elaine updates several times a day, new opportunities to serve. We encourage you to check that or give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Now let's check in with our good friend uh, Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. 2007 was a challenging year for both faith and family. Same-sex marriage resulted in testimony before the Washington State Court of Appeals, an amicus brief before the California Supreme Court, and victory for an employee who was demoted for a pro-marriage sign in his workplace. PJR also defended in God We Trust before the Ninth Circuit and gave testimony before Congress against a federal hate crimes bill resulting in its defeat. We saw California inmates receiving religious study materials once again. The Mount Soledad Cross is almost free, a private religious value swim club is no longer being sued, and hundreds of Christian students who protested the Day of Silence have had their suspensions reversed. 2008 will be just as challenging, but with God's help, we will prevail. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And now we're going to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Ways, the Linda Hand List, and uh, see what opportunities there are to serve. You know, we haven't done this in a while. It's good to be back in the saddle, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you for that, uh, Mr. Sound Mr. effects, even. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, first of all, we want to thank uh, Pastor Scott Mills for the opportunity Amen. Had a to, great time, to go to his uh, church yesterday at the Three Rivers Christian Fellowship and to uh, share the ABC message yesterday. It was just a wonderful time, and I uh, got some new ABC volunteers uh, from that, and just a, a great time there. So I want to thank the congregation there once again. And speaking of volunteers and opportunity, I want to know, do you know that January is National um, Mentoring Month? Now, I know that you're probably aware, Pastor Mike, that July is National Hot Dog Month. You're probably I well knew that. that. Sure yeah, that that's a really that, important thing. I'm, I'm sure that yeah. you probably knew that and celebrate it quite well. But National Mentoring Month is, is for the month of January, and so it's a time for us to thank those that have mentored us. And this is a very good thing. In fact, January 24th, which is Thursday, is designated as Thank Your Mentor Day. Now, this year's theme is Share What You Know. Now that that won't take long in my case, but that's all right. <laughs> this special month gives individuals an opportunity to become a positive role model, a coach, a teacher, a friend. And mentoring is just one of the most significant ways that we can impact the life of young people and no special skills are needed and it doesn't take a lot of time uh, to just guide a pregnant mom through labor and delivery or be a friend to an incarcerated youth or to read to a, a child after school or help them to learn to read, uh, help them to do homework and a whole lot more. And again, it doesn't take a lot of time, maybe sometime during your lunch hour, once uh, a week during uh, an evening or on a Saturday morning. Uh, just put your heart to work today and the life you change may be your own. You know, we here at ABC believe it should be a lifestyle. 
file. And so again, uh, and, and, and it, it, you know, they designate or set aside the month of January, but you know, every month should be uh, set aside for that. But again, National Mentoring Month is January, so you might want to think about that. And July is National Hot Dog Don't month. forget about that month. And sure so they have a month for see. green leafy things? Oh, and, they probably you know, do, and I, I so. would celebrate that. I'm one. sure you would. But you want uh, might want to, this might interest you, our friends outside uh, doing the Help the Inmate Parents Keep in Touch with Their Children thing. They're doing something new, Storytime Video for Children program. This is where volunteers are needed to uh, enter the local jails and correctional facilities to um, help videotape inmate parents reading stories and books to their children. And the reason they're doing this is to provide a unique way to uh, keep in touch with their kids and to keep their voice familiar so that their family visits and reunions will be less traumatic especially to the younger children. Think about that. I mean, that's just kind of a, uh, an interesting uh, concept. Friends outside providing the storybooks and overseeing the taping. Now, volunteers are scheduling uh, an available weekdays between 8 and 10 and 1 and 3 p.m. Volunteers must be at least 18 years of age and participate in the interview and pass a background check. And this might not be for all volunteers, but again, you know, your certain uh, set of skills and interests would come into play there. So if you're interested, uh, we'll tell you how to get in touch and, and, and connect yourself with that. MJC, uh, the Trio Upward Bound Program. You can be a positive role model for low-income youth. Adult volunteers are needed to tutor students ages 14 to 18 years in math, science, and English. And this is an after-school program at Hanshaw Middle School, Mark Twain Junior High, Davis, Downey, Elliott, uh, Johansson, and Modesto High Schools as well. Flexible scheduling available weekdays between 3 and 5 at all sites. Volunteers should be fluent in the above subject uh, content areas, uh, have good communication skills, must be 18 years of age and pass a fingerprint background check also. And uh, that would be an excellent uh, way to get involved. You know, lots of tutoring needs right now with school in full swing. So uh, Pastor Mike has lots of uh, experience in the homework area as well. You know, so. what's with this homework thing? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't really used to go to – I mean, when I – to school I, I did the homework you know i had time for band i had time to play outside you know what's with this now my kids come home and you know i'm correcting algebra one until one in the morning and they have no time to be wrong. a kid marvin what's with this uh, you're, you're from the educational there are district requirements yeah. much. many hours well i think i think it's horrible you know and speaking of marvin but who cares what i think marvin's got a great thing going on with youth for christ and particularly in the series area, you guys are involving about 75 adults right now, Marvin, uh, pulling them in to do things with the kids there in the uh, Unified District in series, doing uh, things like shopping and going to movies and things like that. There are just a ton of things that our volunteers can get involved with, and it doesn't take a lot of time. So we would just encourage you to get involved. You know, uh, YFC just uh, encouraging people to uh, get out there and get involved with the kids' life, and we just we just love that and it's, it's an area that strikes close to our hearts and i know it it does to your heart as well and we're just glad to partner with youth for christ and we just encourage our listeners to to do that as well and dear friends if you have any questions about any of the items that we've talked about here with the volunteer center of the united way give our friend barbara borba a call she's very reachable at 209-524-1307 extension 113 again 209-524-1307 extension 113 or give us a call here at abc we'd always like to talk to you 209 544 9571 is our number. 
844-945-9571. And you know, Elaine, before we go on, just a reminder, those of you who are listening, we'll be at Modesto Covenant yes. uh, this Friday night uh, from about 6 o'clock till whenever the hot dogs run out. Oh, boy. And uh, it's a wonderful, I, I tell you, if you haven't been to this, it is a one, it's like uh, going into the international missions field. And as my kids found out the past couple of years, you can actually eat your way through that whole evening. I mean, there are just, you know, various uh, uh, foods from different nations it's in the wonderful. world and cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great thing. And stop by and say hi to us. Yes. And then uh, if you're in the mood, we have graffiti wipeout the next morning on the 26th. Uh, we meet here in the ABC parking lot at 8. 30 in the morning and then hit the streets by about nine o'clock we'll be wiping out graffiti out in the uh, out on the west side uh weather permitting and uh, love to have you join us uh, again if we, we we do like and by the way you'll be joining a unique group of people guys believe we it or promise. not uh, we, we have a group joining us this saturday morning for graffiti wipeout they are the Robert roller derby gals from stockton and so if any bank gangbangers uh, you know give us any hassle i'm just Turning them loose on them. No, I'm not even interfering with that. That is going to be a great time. A great time to rub, rub shoulders with folks and also to do a, a wonderful, wonderful service to the community. You know, at times it seems like uh, it's a slow and quiet trend in the body of Christ. And, and yet it's starting a stir within our cities. And, and yet there's a, a segment of the population that uh, has a deep desire to reach the body of Christ, it seems like. And, and tonight, we just want to go around the table with, with Pastor Ross Bryles and, and Marvin and John and just talk about what it means with each of us. And I know we, we all bring our, our different experiences uh, to the table of Mike and, and everybody as we, as we talk about city transformation. What does it mean to wash the, the feet of our city? And, and for some of our listeners out there who may be listening, some of these terms and, and things that we will be talking about might be hearing it for the very first time. I don't know. But uh, when we meet uh, with other leaders across the nation at some of these Mission America coalitions uh, and city ministry networks and we talk about reaching our cities, what does it mean uh, as we wash the feet of our city and reach our cities for Christ? Ross, maybe you want to start it off. I just want to thank you guys again. We have so looked forward to this night together. I know Mike and I are excited to be back after being off for a few weeks uh, from Lighthouse Live. And I'm kind of off every week. Well, that's that's what I <laughs> it's all those hot dogs. I don't know. But Ross anyway. was refraining from jumping in on that one, I can tell. But You know, and, and Elaine, as we talk about this, what does it mean to wash the feet of the city? Let's, let's approach this, too, in maybe another way. I think it was someone in Leadership Network a couple of years ago. I'm not sure who first asked the question, but the question was, if, if your church suddenly disappeared from the city, would the city weep? I mean, would, would there be an appreciable difference? And, you know, as, as we look at that, I think that's very convicting. You know, if, if the body of Christ was suddenly removed or a local church was suddenly removed, would the community really notice other than, you know, nobody being in the building? And let's kind of approach it from, from that angle. Um, would we be missed generally today across America? And, and, and if not, why? And let, let's kind of jump off in, uh, with that. Ross, what, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I'd like to say that I would hope we would be missed. I'm not sure that, um, <clears throat> that we're as relevant as what we should be. And I do believe the church the congregation, as I prefer to call it, the congregations of a city, certainly do a work, a ministry, do good. But I'm 
I'm a little concerned that sometimes we do what impresses us and does not make a difference in a city or a mm. geographical region. Mm. And I do believe we have to get beyond what makes us feel good and begin to speak to some of the issues that are are really impacting our cities. And um, that's not always an easy thing to do. Yeah. So I'm not sure that... Uh, that we would be extremely missed, I would hope we would be, but I think we have to make some changes if we're going to be missed at any deep level. Certainly a lot of room to, to grow. <laughs> Marvin, uh, you know, as we look at the, the, the general landscape here and, and whether anybody would, would miss us or not, one, one of the key elements of, of this whole thing is engaging youth in the process of carrying the message out to the community. And uh, th- that's got to be an increasingly challenging thing because what you and I may have grown up with as a mindset, you know, coming out as baby boomers is not necessarily uh, how the our young people are wired today. Talk about some of the challenges in, in taking the gospel out in the neighborhoods today. Well, I, I think the first thing back on the last question, you know, in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. he gets a chance to look back on his life and realizes that he was missed and he was mm-hmm. needed. And I I think in, from the eyes of heaven, I really do believe we're needed and we'd be missed. There are times, though, um, from earthly perspective, from uh, earthly human eyes, sometimes we don't know whether we are missed. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, leaving church ministry. I work at a, a parachurch organization right now and leaving church ministry and going to some of the neighborhoods in our city, seeing churches on every corner. And yet in these neighborhoods, they have the highest gang rates. They have the highest dropout rates. They have the highest teen pregnancy rates. And wondering why is the church on every corner and yet we're impotent. It seems like we are spiritually impotent. And with with no malice in mind, I realized that we just needed as the church, we needed to begin to, to uh, take our place at the table of the community, begin to do our part. Um, a lot of our programs have been designed for those of us in church, and we needed to begin to be vi- uh, viable in the community. So um, I just think that we need to continue as a church to do our part. We bring the Holy Spirit to the table. We bring Jesus Christ to the community table. Um, the Holy Spirit, when he comes into our lives, he's the one that gives us power to change. So I worked in the school district two years, and I would tell a kid to stay in school, to uh, graduate from high school, to be a better young man. Uh, but without Jesus Christ, it was really difficult for them to change. Yeah. So we bring the power of the Holy Spirit into a life to transform. Um, so that's, I want you to, I mean, well, that, that's my answer to that. When it comes to engaging youth, uh, culture has changed, but really the basic needs of every human being has not changed. And Abraham Maslow, who was a social psychologist years ago, talked about five basic needs of hu- every human being. And if we can, through the Church of Jesus Christ, love people, we can create security and protection for them. If we can give them a place to be accepted and a place to belong, meet their physical needs, uh, God's Holy Spirit is going to bring them to us. And so I want to be the kind of man, a godly man, that uh, God can trust to bring people uh, to us. Mm. And so we try, as we can, to create an environment, a culture in our tapestry ministry where kids can come and feel protected. And sometimes that, isn't, that, sometimes that literally means being protected from bullies, from gang members, <laughs> from any trauma or abuse. Um, one of the differences in this culture, I think, is that uh, from, say, 20 years ago is that there's a deep, deep trauma Almost every kid I have contact with has had some kind of trauma in their life, uh, either through physical abuse, uh, neglect even. And I am convinced there is a curse on our children. We have so many children, um, victims of domestic violence, marriages breaking down, um, a lot of uh, 
child abuse, had a little girl call me this weekend. She'd been raped, and um, those stories are not unusual for me anymore. So uh, what we bring to the table is hope of Jesus Christ, the power to change, the power to heal. Um, And so that's... So that's that's my answer to your question. You know, and uh, we, we've become so reliant over the past couple of decades on government uh, to do a lot of that. And, and you use the example of the school district. Government can do a lot of things well, but ministering to some of those deep needs that you just talked about, Marvin, is not what God anointed government for. I think yeah. he anointed the church. I could be wrong on that. No, but. and on those neighborhoods, <laughs> I mean, I believe the church, the schools are doing their part. The police sure. are doing their part. County and city are doing their part. The church needs, needs needed to step up yeah. and, and it needs, to uh, it needs to step up. It needs to do their part. That's right. Yeah. We're, they're not afraid of us. We're the ones at times who hesitate from partnering with them. Mm, sure. And our youth is so so important, Marvin. We we sit at some of the same conferences. And what do you make of some of the surveys that we hear, like the George Barnes and the Olsons, and some some of the things that that they come out about the young people and some of the surveys that. Well, to me, those are all symptoms of deeper issues. When I when you see gangs, when you see teen pregnancy, when you see all those challenges that the children have today, to me those are symptoms. Those are not the deeper issues. We need to to help them come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We need to help them develop their assets. You know, when God made us, we have hidden gifts, abilities, and talents that are already buried inside us. And all we need is for God's Holy Spirit to come into our lives when we receive Jesus Christ and all those things come alive. So now all of a sudden I can discover my gifts, abilities, and talents I can begin to discover those. I can begin to develop them. I can begin to maximize them. And uh, talking about a mentoring program, bringing somebody along who's older, more experienced, who can coach me to help me become all that God wants me to be so that um, his dream for me is fulfilled. So even though we have all these awful symptoms, the, the truth of the matter is human nature has not changed ever. And these are all the basic things. And so we just need to continue to be who God made us and keep looking for those places where God makes us fit. Amen. John Evans, uh, we we got connected. I I think um, I think it was surrounding a school board election about twelve years ago, and I remember. Um, I remember you know, John all too well. John yes, John started holding me accountable from the first phone call. Well, that's good. You know, and that is probably that is a good thing. I have no chance around this table, by the way. I mean, I got good guys around here. That, permission to speak into so my Mike, life. what's your point? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you need a lot of help. In yeah, well, that's, city, there's so. no question about that. You're, you you cannot be helped, not in, not this evening, but we can talk about our city. So let's talk about how we can help our city. Well, John, as, as when we first talked, we were, we were talking about uh, the issue of getting the Christian community involved in the school, uh, school board election and how it was very hard to get people, uh, number one, to, to vote and participate. But we're also looking for people to run for election. And I remember one of the first questions you asked me, because I was going to have this meeting, we were going to call some people together, and one of the first questions that you asked me on the phone was, you know, are you just going to talk about it or are you going to do it? I thought, whoa, this guy mean biz- means business. Right to the point. That type right of to the point. And, and, about earlier. and John, I know that's been on your heart. What was your answer, Mike? <laughs> I, I said, well, how are going to do it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and and this has been on your heart, John. You're you're a you know just do it guy to borrow the the phrase there from Nike. And and yeah, there's so many needs in the community. Uh, the church has all these deep resources sitting in the pews. Talk about a little bit about the burden that God has given you to help us as a believing community get out there and start connecting with those needs. 
Well, first of all, it, it is always such a pleasure to sit here and watch the two of you. I get re-energized every time I sit in on a Monday evening radio show, and you can tell, well, you're a little rusty. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you still haven't lost that edge you've okay. got, and, and you two are a, a joy to, to, to watch. You can tell that this is a, one of your gifts from the Holy Spirit that they have Thank you is to here, uh, broadcast their passion over the, over the Airwaves, so I thank you for inviting me this evening. And, and Marvin just said it all. It's not about us or the church, but it's, it's about the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts that we've been given, the spirit-filledness that we have that we really want to um, give to our community in form of gifts and talents and time. And I really believe that when uh, Jesus said, I've got to go now, and I'm sure the, the disciples were, if you could have seen the look on their face, they probably were astounded that, that the man that they had had uh, been mentored by for, for three years and had so dramatically changed their lives was now going to ask them to go out and disciple the nations. And they all had gifts, and I'm sure Paul's were different than, than Peter's and, and so on and so forth. And that's where I've always gotten excited is the unified body of Christ that's described in Ephesians. Uh, it's called the multifaceted body that that says it will illumine into the heaven it will illuminate in the heavens and and speak to the heavenly bodies and to the uh, to those in, in a higher place than us that that Christ is the head of the church for Jew and Gentile alike and I just always get really excited mm-hmm. when I picture a, a diamond and if you were to talk to someone down at Rogers Jewelers there is a perfect diamond mm-hmm. they can only cut them in about 10 percent of the cases and it's called hearts of fire which I think is a pretty appropriate description but if you you can go down there and, and look at one pastor mike or elaine because it really exemplifies what abc is all about and that is getting all of the multifaceted talents of the church the unified body of christ to go out and find their place on the broken walls of our cities modesto um you call it orlando back in new orleans or wherever the needs are and the needs are plenty um, we'll never run out of out of out of needs but what we're short of at, at this point in time in the church's history are the laborers. And I really believe that we all have that place on Nehemiah's, in Nehemiah's plan to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. He, he prayed, he wept, he fasted, and then he went and he did it. It's the mm-hmm. just do it part that, yeah. I, that I love in chapter 3 where he explained his plan, his strategic plan of builders and bricklayers and priests and, and people to protect uh, those who were working from the evil forces that would come against them could all find their place on the wall and be about the work of rebuilding, becoming rebuilders, as it says in Isaiah, of our city walls. So you know what lights my fire, Mike. It's the same thing. That's the reason you and I connected, uh, was that heartfelt need to not only be personally engaged, but to bring others along with us uh, to enjoy the process of uh, restoring a, an entire city. And I still believe... We're not supposed to pound the table here on radio. (laughs) I still believe, I look at you, Ross and Marvin, and I see others who believe as we do that this city can be restored. It can be transformed. I talked to a man in San Francisco, and he said, how can I do it in a city as big as San Francisco? He said, Evans, you can do it in Modesto. And I said, one life at a time. One life at a time. One one person who's sitting in the pews, touching someone's life on Market Street. And on Market Street, you see all facets of life, the good, the bad, the ugly. And then he said, it's overwhelming when I think about a city as dark as San Francisco. And I just said, it's one life, one, one good deed, you know, one loving your neighbor yes. uh, thing at a time that will change an entire city over time.
So that's... I love your passion. I I love your passion, John. (laughs) And I know Pastor Ross Bryles has a a passion and and connection with this community. And Ross, everybody thinks their community is special, but there is something special about this community right here where we live. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd like to think there is. Um, I'm not sure that we are any more special than anyone else, but God has done some unique things here for which I'm mm-hmm. thankful. I'd like to go back for just a moment and uh, and address something which uh, John just was talking about in response. I deny having said it. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> um, this is not a time for rebuke and teaching and correcting, brother. No, the, the problem, John, and I have I, no seven-second delay button yeah. here either. Okay? Right. John, the problem is I do agree with you. Um, the, oh, that's oh, no. a problem. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can we get that in writing? Yes. <laughs> uh, if he says that I said it, I will deny it. But um, I was just reminded you were talking about how do you change a city, whatever the size is. And I was reminded of something that my father told me a whole lot of years ago, and I used to think I was a pretty sharp mathematician as a boy growing up. So he asked me one day, he said, uh, Ross, would you be willing to work for uh, for a penny a day if I doubled it every day? And I immediately did the very quick math in my mind. I said, no, I'm smarter than that. And um, I failed to realize the exponential change that mm. comes about one life at a time and each one reaching one. Amen. And so I would, I would really affirm that. Uh, granted, there are a great many needs. Uh, the wall is broken. Uh, our city, as great as Modesto is, and I've lived here uh, now in my 46th year. I'm a transplant. But I, you I and love, Noah, right there. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I I love the city, but I do see that there are many things that are broken. Marvin addressed the needs of young people, mm-hmm. uh, the violence that is there, the brokenness, and so I I really I identify with that. But I do believe that everything that we need to bring about transformation is available. Amen. Amen. Yes, I, I believe agree. it's there. God That's didn't right. leave us short-handed or right. short-changed. I do believe that it's available, that it's there. We just and need to be dispensers of all those resources. I think we need yeah. to, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody challenged me if, a couple of years ago on what I've come to know or what I've come to say is the 80-20 or the 20-80 rule. 20% of the people in congregations are doing 80% of the work. And my idea for a long time was that the 80% just didn't get it. They were uninvolved. They didn't care. They just whatever the reason was. And then somebody challenged me and said, Ross, did you ever think that it only takes 20% of the people to do the work of the congregation? And the reason the 80% is uninvolved is because you've never identified, affirmed, empowered, and released them to do what God has called them to do. Which may be, and most probably is not inside the four walls of the church. Is that not right, Ross? That's my view. 85% will find their employment opportunities. There's spirit-filled opportunities. You know, it said that when Jesus said, I've got to go, and but I'll give you a deposit called the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so that you can do greater things than I. Mm-hmm. And that was in numbers, not that they would do greater miracles of healing and raising the dead and what have you, but they would become in such great numbers exponentially, as the 12 found out, their time invested in the churches across the world at that time exponentially grew to what we have today. You should have taken your dad up on that anything oh yes i yeah, found because... out later on that i could have been a very wealthy person in about 30 days or so <laughs> but that's not the only opportunity i've missed john you know when uh, when nehemiah uh, came back to jerusalem uh, he walked the walls and 
if you're listening to this, this uh, radio cast and you're wondering, take a walk around the city, take a drive around mm. the city, not with a critical spirit, with an, but with uh, a broken heart with open eyes and ask the Lord to reveal to you, Lord, where would you call me? What would you have me do? What is my special destiny? You can even take a walk through the Modesto B, just even just flipping the pages there and you discover so many situations, some places either you could fill a need or enhance our community. But begin just like Nehemiah, Lord, what would you have me do? You may want to go to your somebody in your church or someone, a Christian leader in the community and ask them to help you with identifying your spiritual gift. What is your passion? What gets you up in the morning? Um, what are my gifts and abilities? All the experiences in my life. How can you use those, Lord? How can you use my past? You know, Marvin, Elaine and I have talked about a picture of this diamond representing the, the walls of a city and how if, if Marvin was here and Marvin's wife's here was here and John Evans was here and his wife and his kids and the Smiths and the Jones, Joneses and the Johns over here, uh, observing this radio show and the owls doing all of their parts, what a beautiful picture mm, that yes, would be. And yeah. it would, like a diamond, like that perfect diamond, right. would, would shine into the heavenlies because through our lives, Christ's love would be shining into the lives of the right. community. And it would be all over, but the shouting, it would take some time. Amen. But I think it would just be a matter of, of, of it you know, thy will would be done in our lives, then it would be done in our communities. And then Christ could come and take us all home, and we wouldn't have to worry about next Monday's radio show or <laughs> how Aunt Tilly's going to get over her bout with cancer or what have you. We could yeah, all just uh, else, right. sing his praises forevermore. Huh? Well, we guys, now remember you know, Martin, Luther King, Martin Luther King was a Baptist preacher, mm-hmm. and first before and and the civil rights, and we can do the same even That's today. Right, as we celebrate that day today. Huh? Well, once again, guys, the group Casting Crowns, uh, comes through with one of our uh, songs for the week. This one solidifies the importance of reaching our cities, every single man, woman, and child for Christ. Let's listen. This is called Every Man, and we'll be back with you here on Lighthouse Live.
place where we can stand in this dry and weary land there is hope for every man there is love and Marvin Jacobo and John Evans, glad to be back with you. You know, that says it all. We need to reach every man, woman, and child and, and let them know that there is hope for every man. And I, I just love, I, I don't know, that, that song just, just said it all. Uh, and uh, as we think about reaching our cities, hope for every man, a solid place where we can, we can stand. And that's what we hope to uh, reach our cities with that hope. And, of course, Jesus being that hope. I'm just wondering, as I think about unification and uh, the unity that uh, John 17 speaks of, um, we go around the, the table and uh, uh, Pastor Ross, we... Uh, um, we talk about that sometimes, uh, some of the Mission America Coalition conferences. I'm kind of new to these things, and I just love it when we can get together with the brothers and sisters across this great nation and see what some of them are doing in each of their respective places, because there are other people across the country who are doing some of the th- same things that we are attempting to do in our cities and the unity of the body of Christ, because that's what he desires us to do. Amen. Is that a target, Ross, or is it a byproduct? Let's talk <laughs> about that a little bit. It's a target or a byproduct. Um, I really believe if we seek unity, we may very well uh, miss Jesus. I think mm-hmm. we need to seek the Lord and his, uh, well, lesser catechism talks in terms of the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so I think our, our primary goal must be to seek, seek the Lord. And in doing so? And in seeking him, I believe we will come together okay. as the unified body of Christ. Uh, one of the things that was a real eye-opener to me about, oh, it's been now maybe 10 or eh, probably 10 years ago, God was doing some unique things in our city, and I just, you know, none of us are smart enough to have figured it out or... Uh, or originated it. God just sovereignly touched down, and but I uh, happened to go to one of the first uh, 24-hour IRM uh, or the city-reaching type mm-hmm. of uh, ministry under Mission America. Community impact round tables have been the outgrowth of them, and so I was asked to go, and I thought, okay, sure, I'll go. I'll uh, tell everybody how it's really being done in Modesto. Mm-hmm. And whenever I got there, why um, I I began to really be aware that God is doing his work in so many different ways, in so many different places. Nobody can take credit for it. Mm -hmm. And he is the one that is to be glorified in that thing. And so I I got myself shut up pretty quickly in spite of the fact that I thought uh, I was pretty smart. I've realized that 
God doesn't share his glory with anybody. And if we mm-hmm. seek his glory, yeah. it's Not amazing Modesto, what happens. Huh? Not even Modesto, and, and much I less you or me, you, John. I think there was a season where Modesto and uh, many of us thought that to be the the case, that, mm-hmm. that we were something special. And I, I think he took the church and kind of relegated it to the back burner for a, a season. And, and that what's happening today, um, why don't you talk about the prayer summit? That I mean, I don't know where you said the Holy Spirit was going to lead this second segment, but there's some special things that are coming out of your prayer time together this mm-hmm. last uh, couple of weeks ago that I am most yes, interested in because yes, I think it's yes. going to be set the stage, and I don't know why the heck we got to wait until 09, guys, but I suppose we got to. Um, church calendar. Church calendar, okay. <laughs> we have to have a committee meeting. calendars and, aside. Yeah, we, have 12, we have to have 12 monthly committee meetings before Process. we process this thing. Process. Okay, call it what you will, but why don't you tell your audience a little bit about what happened on the mountain where you guys were together. Well, you know, and I think it's, John, you were just talking about the fact, and I'll, I'll put it in these words, I think, you know, God has taken us to the woodshed. Mm-hmm guys from you know time to time and and to teach us that it's his signature is that like a spiritual spanking that is a spirit okay. right. it would take a woman to figure yeah to come up with that okay. i talk about going to the woodshed right, right? Okay. spiritual spanking all right. okay all right there's a word picture for you <laughs> ross and, and and marvin the prayer summits have been an integral part of god chastening us uh but also god also saying okay guys quiet down you know, take all your stuff off the table, and, and here's what I want you to see now. Let's talk a little bit about what you feel that uh, you've seen God say to us, uh, you know, not only this year but in years past that have led up to this focus that we're going to have on on reaching the city with, with compassion to fulfill Jesus' command to love your neighbor as yourself. There were a handful of pastors that got away uh, last November. And uh, just to pray over the city, begin discussing what God would want to do in our city through the churches, through Christian ministry. And it was pretty obvious that um, after the Greg Glory crusade that God wanted a next step to uh, to touch the city with some compassion. Uh, Rick Warren, I heard Rick Warren say that this generation wants to see deeds more than creeds. They want to they want to see us show and do the love of Christ, not just say the love of Christ. And so uh, working with a lot of young, I hear that all the time. They want to see love in action. They just don't want to hear it. So we uh, heard about these pastors that got together and discovered that God did want to do something special in our city by touching our city through some deeds. Well, uh, getting together with the prayer summit, there were almost 40 pastors there. And we began to ask the Lord if uh, there was something we could do together in the city to touch our city with the love of Christ, something that was tangible something that was serving the city. Um, And so over the last few months, we've asked uh, district attorney, superintendent of schools, we've asked medical professionals, what needs to happen in our city? What could the church partner with you to impact the city, the police chief, the sheriff? And so we are having a growing list of uh, deeds that in 2009, uh, Lord willing, we can all come together and make that thing happen and love people to the Lord. And Marvin, you you operate a lot on on the west side of of Modesto. Talk a little bit about the importance of of staying in the community, of being there, and having a um, a strategic presence that lasts versus kind of a hit and run thing where we do a deed and, and then we're gone. Yeah, in our lower income, well, I, well, I'll just say this: in this generation, relationships are huge, trust is huge, friendship yes. is huge, and uh, and so we've got to stay. 
And it's not a matter of whether we want to go and help people. We need to come alongside and work with people, work alongside them. We're not better. We're blessed. And so we come with some assets and some resources that maybe some other people can bring their resources to and work together. But we've got to stay and live in the neighborhood and partner with the neighborhood. Um, City Minister Network, we have three houses with people that are already families and young men and women that are living in the homes that are caring about the neighborhood. Uh, we've got uh, young men and women who are being mentored in the neighborhood from the neighborhood. And so um, it's a matter of us staying. It's a matter of us showing that we mean business and we really love you. And we're going to stay and we're going to be Jesus. Amen. Friends, we're going to talk to Ross Bryles in just a second. Ross, after the break here, I want to talk a little bit about what transformation looks like. We've thrown that word around a little bit. And uh, what unity looks like and, and uh, how we can uh, maybe get there. We'll be right back with you with Lighthouse Live right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that ABC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. ABC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, 
other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, along with three incredible men. Do you realize what we have around the table tonight? Scary. Oh, man. (laughs) What what a blessing. What a blessing. John Evans, Ross Bryles, and Marvin Jacopo. Uh, Just an incredible opportunity as we think about uh, the subject matter tonight. And and it's just uh, what a blessing. And and talking about where we were and and how far we've come and and, and following God's direction and and just... uh, an incredible thing, isn't it? Ross, we've thrown around the word transformation mm. around here a little bit. What is it? What does it look like? How do we know when we're getting there? I guess when we get home, we'll all know. Amen. Until then, I think we just continue to try to work at it. Let me just drop back for a moment and just um, remind us that in the Pastors' Prayer Summits, we just finished our 15th, yeah. which yeah. Uh, is a phenomenal thing. <laughs> Uh, in any community, and I want to praise God for that. Secondly, we are into our 15th year now of praying together every week on Wednesday at noon, pastors coming together, not for lunch, but for prayer. Mm-hmm. No and hot I'm, dogs? Uh, no I'm, hot dogs, and it's not July either. And no veggies either. Oh. No veggies, okay. Um, there's a couple of things about transformation that I believe, and I don't have a good definition of it, uh, others might, but I don't have one. But I do believe one part of transformation is whenever we stop lifting labels and start living the life. Mm. And I heard that the other day, which is the way I learned most of my stuff. And also the very power of presence. That was addressed a little bit earlier in your question to Marvin. But the power of presence in community, I believe, will begin to bring about transformation. Mm -hmm. Another part of transformation is I'm not sure it's the big things that count. I think it's some of the small things that we do consistently that make a difference. And in our mindset, or in my mindset anyway, um, we're try- I always want the big uh, silver bullet that will uh, change things overnight. And so um, I believe transformation, what it will look like is when every part of the body of Christ is doing 
what they have been equipped and called to do and be. Uh, that will bring about transformation. I think if we go after transformation without the ingredient of us fitting into the body appropriately and walking together <coughs> as a body, I'm not sure that we'll ever get transformation. Mm. Well, I, I need to push back a little bit because I, mm-hmm. I do think there are some tangible signs of transformation. Uh, all through the Old Testament, when God showed up someplace, there was justice. There was, you know, I think of Zechariah 8, 4, and 5, which which I love. It is about old men and women will walk in the streets at night in safety, mm-hmm. and the children will be found dancing in the streets. So there are some tangible signs. I, I think for our let's pick on my ministry tapestry with the target the target West Modesto, if we are um, being all that God wants us to be, and if God so pleases and God so wills, and we're partnering with other people. I, we do believe. I think the pregnancy rates for the teenagers will go down. I think more kids will graduate from high school. I, I think that the marriages in those neighborhoods and the families will will stay together. I, um, I think that justice will be shown. I there's so so. I, in my mind, there's some tangible things that can really happen in our city. Um, people, more people going to church, mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden the attendance rates in those neighborhood churches are going up. So um, I do agree with with Ross in that once we seek the Lord together and grow trust together, begin to figure out where we can partner together and work together, I do think that there are going to be some uh, some tangible changes in the neighborhood. So we're talking about the presence of God being, see it, being seen at all levels of society. Yes. His presence and his influence being at all levels, whether it be education or the teenagers or, or whatever it might be. John? Help me out, Ross. You said presence? Yes. Consistency? Mm-hmm. And what was the third? third thing that was five minutes ago john okay. i'm not sure what it was <laughs> well i got two out of three which is not hey bad. pretty good that's better than i got it <laughs> rewind the tape <laughs> yeah. you don't have it have it written down there because I, I i think what you said over time the consistency of our presence and not just in and out on a program basis as government often uh, does and is the case when, when they come in to take care of something then i think the tangible things and i think that there'll also be some things that are unexpected, unexplained, that just happen, and people will say, what happened? Yeah, our our I, community's changed, and I don't remember anything significantly different happening, but the significance will be that just one small thing, I think I think you said small things, mm-hmm. that, it, that it's a bunch of small things that'll be, you know, woven together into a community, and it'll become their culture, and it will just change, and people will look up one day, and their lives and their neighborhoods will be Mm-hmm. different. Well, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Tipping Point, talks about broken windows. And if we can fix, find the little broken windows in our community and all of us consistently stay at it, figure out those broken windows that God has called us to fix, um, I think there's going to be some incredible things. Boy, God, I'm listening. I was at an uh, orthodontist, not an orthodontist, but an orthopedic uh, examination this afternoon, and a young lady who was uh, prepping me for the uh, the examination talked to me about the, the tipping point, and now you've just mentioned it an hour and a half later. I think I better go out and buy that book, am I? <laughs> yeah. And she did so in a very godly sense that if we will all go out, in fact, I think she was saying if we will go out, we could be that which tips our neighborhoods That's right. mm-hmm. in, into being that changed place. So we have a, a charge to, to, to be about that. We need to be speaking about it more often and about being it, I think, as you said. Yeah, and find before the Lord that one small thing that God wants you to do, and you get people to recruit and join you to do that one small thing. And as Ross said, you stay at it, 
you grow credibility, people begin mm-hmm. to trust you. And I've always, I was always taught growing up in ministry that success is longevity. You stay at it. And then the church will be relevant. If mm-hmm. we're gone, people would say, where is the church? Our time is Amen. so quickly. Amen. It's gotten away from us. And I'm so sorry for that. But so glad that you guys joined us. I want to thank you, John, Ross, and Marvin, for joining us tonight. Dear friends, we thank you for joining us no matter where you happen to be listen, listening and invite you to join us again next week. We have Gary Henshaw, Stanislaw County Fire Chief, joining us along with a special uh, uh teams joining us next week as well for a special preparedness uh, joining us. So we invite you to join and stay tuned for our uh, special Heaven series right following right after this. Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven, open chapter 14. We'll be with you in a couple minutes. Good night. Thanks for listening.